Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Well, Dr. Scripture, we've been doing the series entitled Prayers to the Creator over a span of almost three years. Mm -hmm. And for our program today, you're going to finish the series with the Bible's final prayer to the Creator in Revelation chapter 15. That's right, Scott. Earlier in the book of Revelation, we considered the well-known passage in chapter 4, where we find the statement, Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they existed and were created. And I found one more passage, it's in chapter 15, in which those depicted in a scene in heaven are addressing the Lord and acknowledging Him as Creator. Okay, so where shall we start in chapter 15? Well, we'll start at verse 2 and read through verse 4. Go ahead and start reading. Revelation 15:2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had come off victorious from the beast, and from his image, and from the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Righteous and true are thy ways, thou King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou alone art holy. For all the nations will come and worship before thee. For thy righteous acts have been revealed. Okay, so there are several interesting things to note about in this prayer. What's the first thing that stands out to you, Scott? Well, that it was sung by the people. So is it really a prayer if it's a song? <laughs> okay, that's a fair question. First, let's recall one more time, for the sake of this series, what my definition of a prayer has been. Well, it's been any words addressed to God. Exactly. We're saying speaking to God in any fashion is praying to Him. And so, when addressed to God, if the words are in the form of lyrics in a song, I've included them as prayers. You know, for example, remember how many of the psalms that were prayers to the Creator were set to music? Oh, yeah, that's right. In fact, a number of times we had wished we could have heard the melody of the song they sang to the Lord. Yeah, we did. So I concede you're definitely being consistent, Dr. Scripture. This is a prayer by our definition. And did you notice that as a song, it had a name? Yes, it had two names, the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb. <laughs> and it's the fact that these words were identified as the Song of Moses, that it therefore fulfills the other criteria for being a prayer to the Creator. Because it's in the longer recorded version of the Song of Moses that the Lord is specifically identified as the Creator. Now, here in Revelation 15, we read in verse 3, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God the Almighty, which is certainly an allusion to the Lord's creative power, but it doesn't exactly say what those works are. But even with that being the case, one of the names of God that we've seen consistently associated with creation is his identity as the Almighty. Oh, you're right. And so that is another reason why I think we can include this prayer as one addressed to God as Creator. But like I said, in the Song of Moses, the Lord is clearly identified as Creator. We just don't have the entire song recorded here in Revelation 15. So, 
Let's find where the song is recorded in its entirety. Do you have an idea, Scott? Well, isn't it right after they cross the Red Sea? So maybe around Exodus 14, 15? Very good. A song is recorded in Exodus 15, which Moses and the sons of Israel sang to the Lord. I always call it the horse and rider thrown into the sea song. Yeah. And it would be fun to consider it. But since it's not the song of Moses referred to in Revelation, we just aren't going to be able to take the time. Wait, so there's another song of Moses? Yes, there is. And in fact, this song was apparently sung just by Moses himself near the end of his life. This song of Moses is recorded in Deuteronomy 32, and it's 43 verses long. That's a long solo. (laughs) Well, Moses had a lot to say or sing about in this case. We're not going to look at the entire song by any means. But first, before we look at it, Scott, let's read the last verse of Deuteronomy 31. Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until they were complete. Then what follows in chapter 32, starting at verse 1, are all the words of Moses' song. And immediately we see Moses' mindset is taking all creation into account as he calls upon creation to be his witness. Verse 1, Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew as the droplets on the fresh grass, and as the showers on the herb. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. They have acted corruptly toward him. They are not his children because of their defect, but are a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is not he your father who has bought you? He has made you and established you. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of all generations. Ask your father and he will inform you, your elders and they will tell you, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples. Okay, we'll stop there at verse 8. Now, to be clear here, the words spoken by the throng of martyrs standing on the sea of glass in Revelation are somewhat different from what we just read in Deuteronomy, but several of the ideas are there. The Lord's identity as the Most High in Moses' song is reflected in the name Almighty in Revelation, which is then followed by Righteous and true are thy ways. Which is like when Moses says, All his ways are just, and righteous and upright is he. And then finally, Scott, in what way does Moses identify the Lord as creator? Well, I'd say in a couple of ways. First, he says to Israel, He, that is, the Lord, is your father. He has made you. That's a definite reference to God as creator. Mm -hmm. And second, he says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of all generations, when the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man. That sounds like Moses is describing events near the beginning. Maybe when God banished Cain from Eden, 
or even when he separated the peoples at the Tower of Babel. Yeah, I think those are both good points. Moses is recalling God's dealings with all generations, not just Israel's. And it's interesting. Where the New American Standard Bible that we're reading translated the phrase about God separating men as sons of man, the King James translates that phrase, when he separated the sons of Adam. So, there in the description of the Lord as the Most High and Israel's Maker, Moses has God as the Creator in mind. And as the throng in Revelation 15 is singing the song of Moses, and we are given perhaps just parts of what they sang, they were doing just what Moses had called for, ascribing greatness to God. And part of that greatness is his work in creation. Thus, the prayer begins in verse 3. Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God the Almighty. So, Dr. Scripture, the throng on the sea of glass in Revelation 15 is praising the Creator, but is there a reason why? I mean, what is the significance of identifying the Lord in that way at this point in the events of the Great Tribulation? Now, that's a great question, Scott. And I think the significance is related to a connection we have consistently seen throughout the Bible. And that is the connection God makes between his identity as creator and his right to judge. Ah, yes. The principle that the maker of a thing has the right to do whatever he wants with that thing. Mm -hmm. The creator makes the rules. The creator makes the rules. He sets the standards, and he not only has the right to establish them, he has the power to enforce them. And that is what he has done on many occasions throughout history. Moses was warning Israel about the certain consequences of their rebellion in the song of Moses we read from. And in that song, there are also warnings to the nations that would attempt to destroy Israel. The Creator was warning all mankind that He will judge. And that is anathema to proud, rebellious man. So, just as the Creator and judge of man was ascribed greatness way back when the nation of Israel was preparing to enter the Promised Land, so again at the end, as the final phase of the Great Tribulation is about to unfold, the Creator and judge is ascribed greatness. And in this case, those ascribing greatness to the Lord God Almighty are those who lost their lives as a result of their faithfulness to the Lamb. We didn't read the first verse of Revelation 15, but it tells us that what is about to follow is, as I mentioned, the final phase of the Great Tribulation. Scott, read verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, Seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. And then verse 2 tells us who sings this song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. It says, those who had come off victorious from the beast. What does that mean? It means they allowed themselves to be killed rather than worship the beast. Exactly. They're described in Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb 
and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even to death. This is the way God describes people that the world would say lost. I mean, they were put to death, but the fact of the matter is God describes them as overcomers because they overcame the beast by being true to the Lord not caring for their life, recognizing that what laid before them was eternal life. These overcomers then are viewed in chapter 12 and now here in chapter 15. These overcomers are praising their God and Savior, creator and king, as the judge is about to commence the final phase of his judgment on sinful, rebellious man who has rejected God's love offered in the substitutionary sacrifice of the lamb that was slain, the Son of God. The Creator is about to make the way for his people to once again enter the promised land, and this time he will sit on his throne and it will be on earth, on Zion. And that is reason for all the righteous to rejoice and sing along with those martyrs standing on the sea of glass. Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Righteous and true are thy ways, thou King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou alone art holy. For all the nations will come and worship before thee. For thy righteous acts have been revealed. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says.